right. Welcome to this episode of Strong Dads Community. I'm your host, Charlie Ford. This podcast is part of Thumos USA, a community optimizing men for growth, purpose, and impact. Thank you all for listening today. I hope the parallels in these stories encourage you to realize your own potential. Today, we have a husband and father of two sons. Uh, he's a licensed chiropractor with a passion around not only the physical, but the psychological aspects of pain. And he mostly encourages people to maintain a healthy and active lifestyle. So really looking forward to dig in and find out a little bit more about this guy. He's the man, the myth, and the legend in the making, Dr. Mark Richard. Welcome, Mark. How you doing, man? Good, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to this. Hopefully uh, we can get something out of it, if not just me and you, maybe some other people that are listening too. So uh, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I was reading uh, I was reading your bio, and it looked like you were uh, an avid swimmer back in the day. Or are you still swimming? Yeah, still do. Uh, it's seasonal, uh, and, and that's actually backwards from what people – I usually swim more in the winter because uh, it's too crowded in the summer. So um, <laughs> but that's actually it's, – it's what got me into chiropractic care in the first place. Um, I was a competitive swimmer growing up, and just with any kind of – being any kind of athlete, uh, you know, you get – overuse injuries or you know you get hurt in a weight room or or whatever and uh my parents were friends with a chiropractor and uh, would take me in there for all my aches and pains and issues and liked it so much ended up actually uh going to chiropractic school and, and working for him for 10 years um and then so just recently my business partner and i about three years ago uh got the opportunity to kind of buy him out and and let him ride it off into the sunset so uh it's been great Oh, that's cool. And you and your and your minor was in psychology, which I think is interesting. Yeah, my major actually was in my, in a psychology at LSU. So, um, you know, chiropractic school, it's it's the usual kind of pre-med prerequisites in, in class. And, uh, you know, most people end up with a biology major, some people even with a uh, like a kinesiology major. But I decided, I, you know, after taking an intro to psychology class, I thought it was cool, um, just kind of learning the way the brain works and, and and how it can impact, you know, things that you wouldn't even think it can impact. Um, and then later on, instead of just, you know, I I, I got bored with, you know, the, the microbiologies and the biochemistries and all the stuff that you have to learn to do what you do, but it didn't interest me. So I figured, you know, instead of uh, you know, I'd take the classes I had to and, and study hard on those, but, you know, for the rest of them, you know, might as well just learn something you want to learn about. Right. And that's what kind of drew me to psychology. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm glad I have a psychology degree. I'm not a psychologist. I like to put that out there. Um, but I do think it can help, uh, you know, kind of manage people, especially with chronic pain, you know, kind of help manage them along and, and, and really have a, a, a better impact than just kind of treating the, the body stuff. You know, that's cool. I, uh, as you mentioned that, I'm thinking how many people in the world don't have a psychology degree, but have fixed people or helped people change their lives oh, <laughs> without, sure. without the actual yeah. psychology degree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems to happen more often. I would imagine more people are changed because of non-psychological, you know, non-doctors than, uh, than, than well, yeah, I mean, exist. even with what y'all are doing, but you know, through most meetings and all that kind of stuff, I mean, think about how many lives you change there and you know, how many y'all don't have, you know, yeah, exactly. Right, right. right. It's, regular uh, dads, regular men doing, you know, yeah, you know, regular things, I guess. Now, were your parents uh, in uh, in the medical field or anything? No, actually, uh, my mom was a teacher. Uh, my dad was an FBI agent growing up. Um, they're always it's weird. There's no medical real background on either side of the family. But on my mom's side of the family, she's one of seven. Mm. Um, 
and we have about all the cousins uh, on that side, which you can imagine is, is plenty. Um, there's, we have, uh, me, chiropractor, my brother's actually a neurosurgeon. Uh, I have one of my cousins is a pediatrician. Um, and we have a bunch of other people that just fell in love with going to school for a long time, I guess. So we got a lot of PhDs <laughs> and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, one of my aunts, we like to call her a pretend doctor. So, um, you know, she likes to, she likes to, she likes is to, that a to PhD? Is that what you... no, she oh, has, okay. she, she was a librarian. <laughs> oh nice but i guess she's well read um but no she's great um but yeah i don't know it's something that you know i i i didn't know you know i there wasn't any one person like oh you should go be a doctor you know you don't the the um uh you know a counselor in high school wasn't like oh you know this is this is what you should do uh you know i kind of i fell into it just through my own experience um and then fortunately, because I know this isn't the case with a lot of people, I, I, I kind of knew going into college that this is what I wanted to do, um, mm. which which is good. I feel very blessed that I'm, I'm able to do it. Um, was it so. – um, I'm just curious. Was it a combination of like coolness, like a coolness factor or the fact that like were you interested in finding things out about people that they didn't know? Or, no, no like, I, I think the coolness thing has a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, it, it's, I tell people, you know, cause especially now on TikTok, the latest rage is watching chiropractic videos and, you know, people cracking joints and, and all oh, that kind yeah. of stuff for shock value. Um, so it is kind of neat. It's like almost like doing a party trick, uh, you know, all day. Um, so I thought <laughs> as a, as a teenager, like, man, this is really cool. I've learned how to do this. Um, I like the work-life balance it entails because I was kind of torn between this or uh, orthopedic surgery. And um, I like the fact that, you know, you can kind of have a nine to five. You're not on call. Um, you know, there's other things about running a business that could get in the way. But I, I do like the work-life balance that it that it, it, it provides you. Oh, it's interesting you talk about TikTok. Uh, <laughs> my daughter, she plays basketball and she just recently came up to me and she said, Dad, I think I need to go to a cracker. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, I need to go to a cracker. I said, what, a chiropractor? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's yeah. it, that's it. Because yeah, that hey, she's she's on the uh, you know she's on the list uh, on the TikTok, just watching all the people getting their backs cracked and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's the new thing. I think TLC actually has a whole. I think it's called uh, like Crack Addicts or something like that. Is is the name of the the program? Is it true? Um, um, my, my my sister grew up and she cracked her knuckles all the time. Is it true mm-hmm. that like uh, you, the more you crack your knuckles, the more you're going to need to crack them? Um, yeah, I mean, that can actually go into like a, uh, more of a psychological thing. Um, you know, it's just a habit. Um, uh, you know, and then you kind of feel, cause we have, I, I tell people that crack their knuckles, it's like, look, if you want to do it, do it. It's not going to increase your rate of arthritis or anything like that. It will make your knuckles bigger for some people. Um, that'll make the knuckles a little larger, but as long as you're not a, a hand model, um, you know, or an aspiring hand model, I think, I think you're fine. Um, mm. you know, it's, it's just, it's a habit. Um, you know, we get in the habits of people kind of, you know, quote unquote crack on their own necks. I don't like people doing that. Um, and there's some tools and stuff we can have people, you know, like, Oh, especially kids, kids always, they crack everything. Right. You know, they're sitting there in class. I did it myself, <laughs> you know, sitting there in school yeah. trying to bend every which way over the desk or the chair to try to get something to pop because everything hurt. Um, and I don't know if that's growing pains or what, but you know, I, I give kids a little bit more of a leeway cause they're growing. Um, but you know, there's tools that we can help kind of train people out of those habits. Um, but that's if they want to, you know, so yeah. <laughs> some people, if they don't, doesn't bother them, doesn't bother loved ones. And, you know, they're not getting fussed out at church or anything like that for cracking everything. I think, I, I think it's okay. Mm. So how long was your dad in the FBI? Oh, 25 years, I think, by the time he retired. Um, oh, man. 
Okay. Yeah. So as a, as a kid, we moved around a bunch. Um, but fortunately we moved to Mandeville when I was seven. Um, and we were able to stay here, um, which is good. You know, I, I, I fell in love with living here, you know, so much that I wanted to live here after I graduated all the school. So, um, parents are still here. Uh, my dad lives in, uh, you know, 20 minutes away. My mom lives 20 minutes away. Um, you know, close enough to where they're there if we need them. They're very involved with our, uh, our kids, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to be, it's good to be home and, and close to them. How would you describe your relationship with your dad growing up? It's good. Um, you know, it, we, I wouldn't say, you know, nothing, um, you know, nothing like, oh my gosh, it was the worst one in the world. Um, my parents divorced when I was in high school. So 16, um, you know, that comes with its own, uh, I guess, emotional issues, um, which is fine. It wasn't, there's was no abuse. There's no anything like that. It's just one of those things we're looking at it as an adult. I think everybody's in a way better place now. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was always involved. You know, we'd go to all our swim meets with us. You know, we'd drive and, and, and Lord knows those things take forever just to see your kids swim for a minute, you know, which is, which you don't appreciate until you're a dad, <laughs> you know, sitting at soccer games and going, oh man, uh, at least yeah. the soccer game, your kid's kind of playing for most of it. But for swim meets, um, you know, you get bored as a swimmer and, you know, I can only imagine when they were going through and this is before cell phones were essentially TVs in your pocket. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I was sitting there and it was good to see, you know, looking back, you know, seeing your parents create relationships with other swimmers, parents, you know, cause you're in it for the long run. Right. So you're right. You, you get to be real close to those people. I mean, as a kid, I'm spending four hours a day with, you know, kind of these, these other kids and, um, you know, it kind of become your extended family. So to see your parents kind of adopt that was really nice. Even, you know, going through this stuff that they were going through, they, they were still always really involved, um, which is, which is good. Um, you know, they're both still in town, you know, around us. So, um, it was good, you know, um, nothing, but you know, like I said, you know, nothing like, Oh my gosh, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he was my high school football coach and blah, 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 you know, none of that, but, um, no, we, we were close, still are, you know, so, which is, which I think is, uh, is great. That's cool. And you've kind of carried that, uh, mentality of the work-life balance piece to uh, be with your kids. So your kids, how old are your uh, sons? Uh, oldest one will be six in a month. And then, um, the little one is four. So uh. they're, uh, they're just getting into the whole sports <laughs> thing, which is nice. It's, it's what are they like, man? Hurting cats. It's all it is. <laughs> Are, are you just putting them in everything? Are they are they uh, involved we, in most sports? Yeah, well, the four year old. The only thing available to him right now is soccer. So he just started. He loves it. Um, he's been chomping at the bit since he's been watching his older brother do it for the past two years. Um, he's he was asking every day, you know, Dad, when, when do I get to play soccer? When do I get to play soccer? And uh, finally, it's his turn. He's loving it. Uh, the older one, he's in flag football right now. He's done t-ball. He's done soccer. Um, but yeah, we try to, you know, I and this is something I see uh, in practice is. You know, you have these kids that kind of end up over specializing way too early. You know, they're playing year round baseball, they're year round soccer or whatever. Mm. And I, I don't from an athletic development part and an overuse injury part. I don't necessarily like to see that very much um, until they get older. You know, if they're in high school or whatever, then great. You know, they, if they're really good at baseball and that's what they want to do, by all means, you know, they, they can they can usually knock that out. But um so we're we're my wife and i are of the idea let's introduce them to everything see what they like see what they gravitate towards see what they're good at and maybe all three of those things will line up on the something but you know i i we're we're on the same page where they're gonna you know they'll play multiple things throughout the year because you know that's that's why they're seasons in sports i feel like that's pretty neat and you've been practicing now for what 13 years you're, you've been in practice as a chiropractor yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so were, yeah. Okay. So you've, you've done that. And I guess in the midst of all this, you've gotten married and uh, had kids. How, how has, um, have you, how have you tackled like living life with, you know, with, with kids now versus uh, pre-kids, you know, doing your practice? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it um, definitely changes your overall focus, I guess. You know, at first, it's definitely hard when you're in the newborn stages of things and everybody, you know, all dads know this. But, you know, you're just in the weeds. And actually, I told <laughs> I told my work, I was like, actually, I kind of like going to work now. It's uh, it's a lot quieter. <laughs> <laughs> I said so, the same uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, so this is great. Um, you know, I, you know, I, and I would leave work and I'm like, all right, I got to go to my real job now, you know, to come home. So. Um, there's definitely a priority shift there. Um, and again, fortunately, you know, schedule wise between my wife and I, we can, we can work it out to where we can be where we need to be with our kids. And again, I've got both my parents, my in-laws are close too. And I, 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 whenever people are, you know, thinking about, Oh, should I move back home for help with, you know, my grand, I always say, yes, if you're, if your parents slash grandparents are available and close and they're willing, by all means move as close as humanly possible to them. Cause it's, it's, it's a lifesaver. Um, mm. and sorry to the people that can't do that. So I didn't want to, want to, you know, I don't want to make them feel bad, but, um, nice. yeah. you know, we're blessed. So, but no, it's good. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, that, that work-life balance has, has really shown because before kids, you know, like, like, oh, you know, my wife and I didn't have any, we were married for about seven, eight years before we had kids. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of time to get to know each other, uh, you know, kind of build that relationship, um, before we chose to have kids. And, uh, you know, we were thinking about it the other day. It was kind of funny. We we're like, what do we do, like, during the week? Like, when we get home, you know, it's 530. Like, what would we do? We couldn't even – I can't even tell you. I have no idea. I just – I don't That's remember. That's funny. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure we're hanging out with friends and stuff. But I just – you know, you think, like, oh, you're so busy and blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, it's, it, it doesn't even touch it now. But um, I wouldn't trade it for the world, though. Mm. So what's important to you, you know, in terms of uh, being a father – you know, with young boys, I guess you've got, I mean, you're just getting started with the, with the activities and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as you look forward over the next five to 10 years, what like pops up for you that, you know, you sort of your non-negotiable uh, thing that you want to be as a dad? You know, I, I, I don't want, um, you know, I, I want there to be a, a 100% trust, I think, between my kids and me, you know, and, and, and that's something recently I've been trying to focus on, you know, getting people to or getting your kids to, to trust, you know, like, you know, it's a, you know, like, like, you know, hey, look, can I have a popsicle? No. But, you know, if you eat all your dinner, then yes, you can have a popsicle and following through on the little things like that. And I feel like that'll build up, you know, to, to where if there's some real, you know, heavier stuff when they get older, which I know there will be, you know, trust that I you can come to me, you know, and, and we can work this out together. Right. Um, that's the big one is, is making sure that they know that they can trust me. And that's a lot, you know, it's, it's pressure on me. You know, you have to build that. That's not something that's built overnight, obviously, you know, and over six years, we're still trying to do that. Right. Um, but you know, right now they're not coming to you with anything heavy, you know, it's, (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's still a little stuff. Um, but you know, so if they're scared about things and, you know, they'll open up to some stuff every once in a while with you, which is kind of neat, I feel like, because, you know, or they'll tell my wife something and they won't tell me or vice versa, you know, and then we talk about it together. Um, but it's I think that's the main thing I want is is trust that I'll be there when they need me, whether that's emotionally or physically. 
Um, and then, you know, and, and that I'll, 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 I'll carry through with my word, you know, when, whenever it's needed. So, um, that's my, that's my bit. If I could do any legacy with him, that would be it. That, you know, like, you know what? I could always trust my dad with whatever I, you know, needed. Um, uh, so you got that from your dad, like your relationship yeah. with your dad. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, being a, an FBI guy, that's like their, their number one core value, you know, fidelity, right. Is is I don't know their, I can't remember their, uh, slogan or motto off the top of my head, but that's in there. Um, you know, so as I was, look, he's, he's, you know, captain consistent, man. So he's, he was, he was there, um, which is good. So, you know, sometimes as a kid, as a teenager, you mess up, you know, your dad's going to be mad at you. Um, those are the hard times to trust him. But looking back, you know, you, you know, when, you know, if you were disciplined or whatever for, for, for messing up or making a mistake, you, know, you can look back later and be like, you know what, this, that was for my own good. It wasn't an overreaction. It wasn't a, um, you know, it wasn't uncalled for, you know, it wasn't him being mad. It was him trying to mold me into a, you know, a, a better man. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, that that's the core thing I try to do. Is it neat seeing your dad around your sons? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I kind of ask, I like to ask, uh, you know, it's neat seeing the parenting style different. Cause you know, being a grandparent, you know, it's all the fun with half the, half the responsibility, right? Sure. So, um, you know, it, it brings out a lighter side in them, which is kind of fun. You know, it's a playful side. He was always, he was always, he was good. You know, we play, we throw the football or throw the baseball in the yard a lot. You know, so he was playful as a kid. He kind of wrestled with you, uh, until we got bigger than him and that stopped. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's neat to see, you know, kind of that side of them that I guess he, not that I haven't seen, but you kind of forget about, right. You mm-hmm. know, it's just kind of going, you know, as you get older, cause he's not gonna, he's not going to pick me up and tickle me on the couch. <laughs> I guess that, that ain't happening. That's right, right. So, uh, but seeing that, that kind of side, you know, then you remember, you think, oh, man, I remember when I was a kid, that was great. You know, that's cool. Um, so yeah. Hearing those kind of positive memories is, 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 is kind of fun. It's neat, man. Do um so let, let's dive into a little bit of your practice. You had mentioned this before, and I love this term because I had to actually dissect it a bit. But you said that you were really passionate around the the biopsychosocial aspect of pain of pain management. And I thought that was pretty cool because I always think of pain as physical. So right. um maybe maybe you can kind of explain a little bit about that. Yeah, and 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 just based on what you just said, um you know it. Uh, there's someone who said, uh, um, I can't remember who to attribute to. I did not make this up. I promise. Um, is, uh, pain, uh, is not always physical, but it's always emotional. Um, so, you know, there's obviously emotional pain. You can be sad, you can be hurt, you can be angry. There's obviously physical pain. I mean, you, you, you know, you break an arm or you, you know, throw your back out or whatever that's physical, but everything's interrelated. Um, and you know, in the past few years, and I think actually COVID had a lot to do with this because a lot of the online, uh, you know, extra, you know, your CEUs and your, and your, you know, continuing at hours, um, they got a lot better with, you know, being able to go online. So you can tap into some resources that, you know, before, uh, the pandemic were harder to get to from travel and time or whatever. Now you can kind of do it from your, from your home. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few in particular that really started diving in, especially with chronic pain, which has always been, you know, an issue just especially in this country, you know, and how we treat it um, to get away from this. It's it's purely a physical thing and we need to fix that thing and then the pain will go away. And, and you know, 
time and time again, we see that just doesn't work. So I was like, all right, well, what, what do we, what does work? What will work? Let's change it. Right. So let's, let's try to, let's, let's try to get more tools in a toolbox, so to speak. So we started looking at it and, um, you know, it's, it's, everything's related. And this is mostly for chronic pain. I mean, look, we're not talking about a sprained angle. I mean, that has its own thing, but these are people that are dealing with day to day, daily, you know, let's say they got hurt, you know, several years ago, they might have had surgery or whatever for it, and it's just still there, even though the problem is fixed, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, it just a, a lot, and this kind of tapped into that psychology background. I mean, I just the brain is a really, really cool thing, um, and it can be it can be your best friend. It can also be your worst enemy if you're not if you're not careful. Um, so yeah, so the bio part of biopsychosocial, the bio is the, is the actual physical tissue, right? So you know your back hurts or, you know, you broke an arm or, you know, you sprained an ankle or, or whatever. That's the, that's the biological part. Like what's your, you know, medical diagnosis, so to speak. The psychological part would be, you know, are you depressed? How does this make you feel? Does it, you know, is it, um, is it making you mad? Uh, you know, is it, is it causing stress at home? Is it, is it fueled by stress at home? You know, maybe the injury itself wasn't bad, but if you've got a, your personal life, you got a bunch of stuff going on, it's, it's definitely going to play a role. Uh, and then the social part of it is, is, you know, how does this affect your relationships? Like, can you go to dinner with your friends? You know, if, if you, what are you missing out on? If you're a grandparent, can you pick up your grandkids? If you're a parent, can you be there for your kids? Like, can you bring them to the baseball game? Can you load all the soccer balls into the, into the car without your back hurting? You know, are you having to stop doing these things that you enjoy doing or that you have to do because your back hurts? And then it's just a spiral, you know, it all kinds of just, one thing affects for another. So, you know, our goal was to try to figure out, all right, well, what can we do about it? Right. You know, it's all well and good, sure. but yeah. you know, what are there to do? Right. And that's, you know, and that's where it takes, you know, everybody's different. Um, and it takes getting to know your patient or your client or whatever you want to call it. Um, and seeing, you know, what, what, what's their goal, right? Cause everybody comes in here. I ask this question to all my patients is, you know, what's your goal? And everybody always says, well, I don't want to hurt anymore. I said, okay, well, I get that, but that's, that's obvious. But what's your goal? And you'd be surprised. You know, some people, you know, you'll have some of like, oh, I just want to be able to play tennis twice a week. Okay, great. There's a goal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have some older people that'll just say, hey, look, I want to be able to sit down for an hour so I can go to church. Right? Okay, great. There's a goal, right? Um, you know, we don't need to make them into some, you know, triathlete. They don't want to. So why, you know, it, it's, it's important to co-create you know, your, your goal with, uh, with the patient. Um, and one of the, the more powerful things, once you kind of have that goal, then you kind of structure your treatment around it. Like, okay, well, why are we doing this? I was like, all right, well, if you want to play tennis, you've got to be able to rotate or you got to be able to kind of jump around a little bit. So, well, how come, you know, my back hurts? Why are you making me swing my arms around? I'm like, well, you know, you got to be able to swing a tennis racket. Right. So it kind of, you kind of keep referencing that and guiding people along. Um, which, which, which kind of helps. Um, and then, you know, for the, once you kind of build this, I'm going to go back to the trust word. Um, you know, I tell, I tell people look, behavioral change and this works with kids and, and adults alike is it, it's usually takes a lot of two things. One is time, you know, you're not going to get it right on the first go, but number two, more importantly is trust. So, you know, if you're asking a patient to do something, to help them get better. They've got to trust you, right? Because they don't believe you or they don't think it's going to work. It ain't going to work, right? Um, and that that 
definitely takes time. So a lot of these tools, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, I don't bust these out on the first visit. Like, hey, man, my back here is like, oh, well, boy, let me tell you how messed up your head is. Um, you know, you can't, you can't, do, you can't do that. Right. Um, right. You know, look, we got to put the fire out first. And then let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, going forward, you know, for long-term change. You know, what, what do we need to do? Um, well, so you bring up a great point with, with this idea of trust. I, I didn't, hadn't thought about the fact that, you know, not only do they have to trust you, but I'm thinking of all the people that I've known in my history that have gone either to physical therapy or some type of therapy or some type, something where they'd have to do the work on their own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for whatever reason, it, it could be a doctor that says, yeah, that just do this, you know, five sets of this and 10 sets of this and do it, you know, twice a day or whatever it is. And yet it's so difficult for people to do that. And I wonder, it makes me wonder if trust, not only in the doctor, but trust in themselves that they actually believe that they could overcome this. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's, it's definitely a, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that it's definitely a trust. It's a two, it's a two way trust. You got to trust yourself, right? That, Hey, we can do this. Um, and, and obviously you got to trust the person that's asking you to, to, to do the change. Right. Um, yeah. And a lot of things, and, and sometimes too, uh, when you're trying to figure out, you know, what exercise to do, you know, people always ask, Hey, what are the three best exercises for me to do for X, Y, Z? Um, you know, it depends. Everybody's different. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we try to work with them and then I like to do is, you know, we'll give them an exercise to do, uh, in the clinic. And then at the end, we kind of reevaluate and we say, okay, well, how does it feel now? And, and a lot of times, you know, which is the goal they go, Hey, you know what? it feels a little better. Now I can, you know, get closer to touching my toes or, or whatever. And that kind of ingrains that mental pattern of, Hey, you know what, if I do these exercises, it will help me. So, you know, it's, you can show these little short term kind of little, little like, Hey, you know what, before when you got here, you couldn't get down to your knees, you know, trying to touch your toes. Now you can go to your shins. Yeah. So getting a little taste of success. Exactly. You want to give people a, a, we call it a, a positive experience with movement. Right. Mm, okay. Um, and, you know, they've shown, you know, going to the, 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 you know, there's different ways to modulate people's pain. Right. And and a lot of it is just getting people moving. Right. Um, especially from a physical thing. But, you know, when you have the other uh, psychological and, and social issues, you know, things that will increase their pain, you know, if they're over sedentary or sometimes if they're over training, you know, we'll get people, you know, midlife crisis people. Hey, I want to train for a full Ironman. They've never done a, you know, walked up two flights of stairs before and they jump into it. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got problems. So it's managing expectations, but you know, then on top of that, they're not sleeping right. You know, they might have stress at work or at home. They might have some, some, some bad relationships they got to take care of that will all feed into it. So what we try to do is encourage people to do things that'll kind of turn down that, that, that pain dial. Right. And that's you moving around, you know, getting back to your social, social circle. Um, you know, go, go out to dinner with your friends, you know, go see your parents, you know, whatever, whatever makes you feel better and out and gets your brain off of it. You know, so you're not just ruminating all the time, then it usually helps. You know, going out in nature, go for a walk, get in the sun, meditate, do whatever you got to do, man. But just get your brain, you know, thinking about other stuff, positive things, um, versus, versus just kind of coping with it. Um, that, yeah, that usually... And, 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 and that's that seems so difficult to for people to understand that or for most of us. I mean, I'm including myself because it's not scripted. It, it's it's more um, and I don't know the right word for it, but just saying, hey, let's go out in nature like, man. Yeah, but I have pain or I have something and it's mm-hmm. hard. It goes back to your trust word. It's, it's like believing that this is going to work. 
and uh, it's just hard to measure for people, right? And so if right. you if you're not if you're not able to measure it, a lot of times it's easy to just avoid that activity altogether. Right. Um, which is sad because uh, yeah. I think it, like, to it, your point that it, it does help. And it spirals. You know, if you start avoiding things that you like doing, then I mean, then you're starting to disconnect socially, and it it again is just a self fulfilling downward spiral. Unfortunately, it just doesn't. You're not going to be able to get somebody feeling better unless you can get them to doing the things they want to do. Um, mm. Assuming those things are, are, are appropriate and, and normal, you know, you can't have a 90 year old guy want to, you know, win the Olympics in a hundred meter dash, right? It's not going to happen. But, um, but as long as they're like, Hey, I want to get back to running. Beautiful. We can probably figure that out. Right. Um, so, you know, it, and um, the, the real key is to try to, there's always this disconnect with patients between the emotional part of it and the physical part of it. You know, like they get into this, um, you know, like, all right, my back hurts. All right. And maybe they had surgery and it still hurts, or maybe they had physical therapy or chiropractic care and it still hurts. Right. Um, and then you get into this emotional turmoil and the, the, the trick is to try to remove that disconnect between the emotional part and, and the physical part. So if you can do that or start to work with people with that, and some people they need, you know, I can't, some people is easy once they kind of click it, they get it and they'll work with you. But other people, you know, a lot of people might need to go see a therapist. They might need to go see a, a you know, a psychologist or a psychiatrist just to help them work through that. I'm not equipped, you know, for the heavy duty stuff. Right. That's why, you know, I'm not I'm not a you know, I I, I pride myself on having a good network of, of people that I can refer to, you know, when when it when when the time comes. Um, but yeah, people get this fear, you know, you know, if they start thinking about like, oh man, I'm not gonna be able to work. I'm out of work or I can't play with my kids or, you know, it's as affecting my relationship with my wife, you know, whether that's emotionally or physically. Um, and especially with men, we tend to figure, you know, you identify yourself a lot of times as like, as your job, right. You know, like I am, that's right. that is me. Yeah. Right. Um, which I try to, you know, stop myself from doing, but we all kind of fall in that same trap. But if you get, if you take away somebody's job, man, especially as a, a, a man, that plays some serious, you know, mental rigory on you, man. It's, um, it's, it, but if you can get them back, if you can say, Hey, look, there's two prongs to this thing that we got to fix. Um, it's not going to be quick. You know, it's going to be a lot of work on your end. Um, you know, you just got to establish that trust. Um, you know, I tell people, um, you know, a lot of people go to the doctor, they want the doctor to be a superhero for them. You're like, all right, you're going to save my day. And I think as a lot of doctors, it makes us feel good. You know, like, oh man, all right, I'm I'm Batman. You know, right here, I'm, I've got a utility belt full of tools. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this thing, knock it out of the park. But what we found is is people, they don't need a Batman. They need a they need an ally. They need somebody helping them so that they can be their own superhero, right? So you need to be mm-hmm. less like Batman and more like Alfred, right? Alfred's mm-hmm. always in the back, you know, kind of hanging out. Just he he helps Batman, right? Wow. Um, but Batman at the end of the day is the one that that saves the day. So if you can put people back into the, hey, you're your own superhero, not me, you know, I think it just builds that that self-trust. You know, they start to trust themselves like, hey, I got this. I can do this. And then you kind of march on from there. Yeah, that's a really cool analogy. I hadn't heard it, uh, you know, articulated like that before. Um, wow, that's that's pretty neat. Do you is there a particular body part that is the prominent one that you see most of the time for pain, chronic pain? Uh, most of ours, uh, it's, it's, uh, back pain, lower back, primarily, uh, neck pain and, and headaches are kind of our bread and butter. Um, for chronic uh-huh. pain, it tends to be back or neck. Um, some headaches are, you know, for the chronic ones. Um, but that's, 
it's usually a, a, a spine related, uh, you know, back or neck is usually, I'd say back probably has the edge. Is, is, uh, is there a sort of a preventative activity that you all recommend? I mean, if somebody doesn't have back pain, how to prevent uh, back pain I, in the future? Yeah, the lowest, the lowest hanging fruit, I just say this daily walks are fantastic. Um, I mean, it's just outside, preferably if you live in a spot where you can't, some people, you know, like, Hey, look, I live in the middle of the woods with lions surrounding it. Okay. Well, probably don't walk outside. Um, or, you know, I live in a neighborhood that's dangerous. All right, well, let's figure out a way to get you walking safely. Um, but you know, for the majority of people that can, I say, man, if you can get a 20 minute walk a day goes, does wonders. Um, again, preferably outside in nature, it could be on a trail, it could be on the street, you know, um, preferably not the interstate. Um, but it, it, that's the lowest hanging fruit, you know, all the other stuff, core strength and all that. Yes, it plays an important role, but you know, those can be a little bit more individualized, but I mean, almost everybody can benefit from, from, from walking. Um, it's just, mm. just keeping things moving. Oh, that's pretty neat. And, and, uh, I've heard that, uh, lifting weights is good for bone density. Is that, yeah. does that help with the back? Oh, for sure. Well? Yeah. And it, yeah. And it, it, general strength, uh, is, is definitely, definitely, um, uh, beneficial. Uh, and I, I tell that's kind of like you're, uh, you're, you're just bulletproofing yourself, you know, the stronger you can make yourself, um, you know, let's, let's say, um, let's say you get winded, like walking up two flights of stairs, right. Um, that happens to some of us. And, um, you know, like, Hey man, I need to do cardio. I need to get my cardio. A lot of times that ain't cardio that you need. Sometimes it's just cause you're, it only takes you a minute to do it. Uh, a lot of times it's just strength. So if you, if you figure, and I'm just going to use random numbers here, if you can squat 200 pounds versus only squatting 100 pounds, well then that walk up the stairs is going to be all the twice as easy for you. Right. Mm, so you yeah. won't get it as windy. You're not using your muscles as up. So you're just building your body's capacity to absorb load. Um, and the, 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 the less amount of times you can have that load exceed your capacity, the better. Right. And the more stuff you can do. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I tell people, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to piggyback on that. I've, I've heard from uh, a buddy of mine in Thumos uh, from his doctor that, that uh, muscles, building muscles are like internal compression socks for your body. <laughs> And yeah, uh, I thought that good. was a pretty damn cool analogy. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, except they're not neon and, and cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I tell people, look, I mean, just in it, you know, some people are scared, especially our female patients are a little concerned about, you know, doing some sort of strength training Whether they start with Pilates or something, you know, unfortunately more and more women are now getting, they feel comfortable and safe doing weights, uh, strength training of some kind. Uh, it, it definitely helps. Um, Again, it's just, it, you know, some people, we have to get them there first. You know, they're like, well, I can't work out because it hurts, right? Um, or I can't do this because it hurts. All right, well, let's, I'm all about activity modification versus elimination. All right, well, let's find something you can do, right? Um, you can't squat. All right, well, let's try to do, let's find a high chair and see if you can just sit up and down from there, right? Let's start there and, and work our way down. Um, it's just little things. Again, it's giving that positive experience with, with movement. Like, hey, you know what? I just did 10 half squats and my back doesn't hurt. And that flips a switch. They're like, you know what? Maybe I can do squats. And they try to work it from there, right? Now, they don't need to be going squatting 400 pounds. But, you know, the fact that they now know that, hey, look, I can squat up and down and not hurt myself or not exacerbate my pain, then that's it's, it's pretty powerful. That is neat. Yeah. Um, 
man, I know you, uh, you've got some, uh, some appointments, uh, being that you're a doctor and everything. So, uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. I just do want to reach out and ask, uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, the, the co-owner of the back pain center. Um, we are in Mandeville. Um, our website is bpcmandeville.com, which is backpaincentermandeville.com. Um, I don't really have anything active on the socials, so, um, you know, you're not going to find anything there, but, um, yeah, no, that's, that, that's where we're at. So. Well, Mark, I really appreciate your time today, man. Thank you for, for coming in and sharing that wisdom. Uh, a lot of good nuggets of information for, for both, uh, dadhood and, and back pain and, and just pain in general, man. That's pretty neat. Um, and I want to also thank everyone for listening. If you like what you've heard, please remember to follow, share, and give us a strong review. If you're a man searching for improvement and growth, be sure to check out strongdadscommunity.com. Uh, Mark, again, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, look forward to to future talks, man, to find out a little bit more about what you guys are doing. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. It was a blast. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks.